0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the
1: Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Emma. So uh, there is something very fascinating going on right now in the music world, and I am a huge music history lover. I, I am absolutely obsessed with reading about, especially kind of like older artists, like Folk artists and classic rock and anything from like the '60s through the '90s really fascinates me, and I love learning the stories behind the music that I like to listen to. And something that has been really interesting to watch happen lately, like in the last week as we record this, um, has been seeing some of these artists that are very famous for being very anti-censorship, anti-anti, uh, you know, authoritarian government embrace the censorship of others when it comes to views that they dislike. And just to give you a little bit of background, we, we very briefly mentioned this in another episode. Basically, what's going on is, you know, Brittany and I love Joe Rogan. We talk about him all the time. He has had on a few guests, guests on his podcast who have brought up some concerns about COVID-19 treatments, vaccines. Um, Just the medical establishment in general and how the government and big tech are working to restrict opposing viewpoints on those issues. And because of that, there is an artist named Neil Young, who was a pretty famous singer back in the 60s and 70s, has made a lot of very famous music on his own and with bands and he actually said he put out this public statement saying Spotify can have Rogan or they can have Young but they can't have both Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty bold statement to make and I don't think it it ended up going the way that he thought it would because Spotify the next day says okay we'll pull your music down now we'll 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 take you down since you don't want to be on here with Joe Rogan. And I think that probably backfired a lot, a lot more than he thought it would. I have a feeling that he thought he was going to just, you know, have them listen and take down Joe Rogan. But as it turns out, a lot more people listen to Joe Rogan on there than they do Neil Young. And it didn't quite work out the way that he wanted it to. And while I am very supportive of people, you know, using their their voice as a form of protest, even if I disagree with them, I find it very, very interesting that someone like Neil Young would be so opposed to being on the same platform as Joe Rogan and would be so embracing censorship. And the reason for that is because in the 60s and 70s, like I mentioned, there were so many protests over free speech, and a lot of them came from Uh, students and young people who were very against the Vietnam war and the government did all sorts of stuff to try to shut down their protests. And it became a huge free speech issue. And a lot of it came from the Bay area, Berkeley, California, and areas where, you know, Neil Young and a lot of his, his bandmates and his sort of contemporaries and people that were in his genre and his friends, they were hugely involved in that stuff. And they were, they were very anti government censorship for art and for protest and all of that, which is really awesome. That's a really great thing for an artist to stand up for. And it makes sense because artists want to be able to speak freely and talk about whatever they want to talk about. And uh, in, in Neil Young's sort of generation and genre of music, there was another singer, Joni Mitchell, who I really, really love her music. She's one of my favorite artists. And she actually, after Neil Young's music got pulled from Spotify, she said, I'm protesting with Neil. I'm in solidarity with him. I, I hate to see vaccine m- misinformation being spread, and I don't want to be on this platform with Joe Rogan and and take my music down too. And this was a huge bummer for me because I listen to her pretty much every day, and it was very- Really? So
0: she's a big person for you?
1: She for me, yeah, she's she has this beautiful voice and she plays these very simple folk songs on guitar and just has written some really incredible songs and I was so bummed to hear that because she always, to me, had seemed like, the funny thing was like two days before she did it, I was talking to my husband about how how fascinating she was as a person to me and how cool I thought she was, and then I totally regretted it because she did this really stupid thing with Neil Young. And so she pulled her music down as well, and she was another person who was huge in the 60s and 70s standing up for free speech. And to me, watching all of this has just been such a bummer because it's these artists Who claim to stand for free speech and then all these years later they're just falling in line with the government and with you know with these censoring sort of people who want to control what sorts of information people can have and that is that is a really disappointing thing to see especially from them and the thing to me that really sticks out is that these are artists who essentially are calling for the government to censor other artists because Joe Rogan is he's an entertainer, he's a comedian, he has his podcast, he is he is counted as an artist on Spotify. And I think it's extremely concerning when you have certain artists that are saying, No, I don't want to exist on the same platform as this person that I disagree with. And Brittany, I would be curious to hear your thoughts as to you know, how – what is the right way for an artist to engage in protests like this? And and is there some sort of contradiction that they're making when they, when they do these sorts of things?
0: Yeah, well, I think you're – I mean, everybody is free to have their opinion, right? And Neil yeah. Young is free to say, I don't want to be on the same platform. As, mm-hmm. as Joe Rogan, and that can be a political statement. And I, I was searching through Twitter, and I did see there are a lot of people that do think he's, you know, being brave. But, yeah. but these these actions come with consequences, and so maybe he thought this is going to like, <laughs> like, oh, good, Spotify is going to side with me, and that clearly did not happen. So you got to wonder how he's thinking right now. Yeah. But absolutely, everybody has the right to stand up for what for what they believe in. But I agree with you that there seems to be this irony in in people saying they believe in free speech and then doing this. Now, Neil Young has since come out, and it's funny, he's actually made a very libertarian argument, which he probably doesn't even believe in, where he (laughs) said, like, it's a private company and that's why I'm calling for it, but I still don't believe in government censorship. But I think the reason we have to be so careful with COVID stuff especially is this propaganda is coming from the government. Right. So it's not even, it might be a private platform, you know, that's trying to, that's in question. But this, all this narrative we've been fed mm-hmm. is coming from the government, is coming from people like, you know, Fauci. So it is very closely related to government. So it's, yeah. It it is to me because I, so I, I like music history specifically for like Woodstock era because yeah. I've been very, I'm very into counterculture. And while that's not counterculture anymore at the time it was. Yeah. And it was very, you know, again, anti war, very very anti establishment. And so that time means a lot to me. And so it is really funny to see people like, I remember when Bob Dylan got like some award from Obama. And one of my favorite anti war songs is called Masters of War by Bob Dylan. And I'm like, here you have a guy that used to be so against like Vietnam. He's got a whole album basically that's about like Vietnam and social issues. And you have Obama giving him a medal who was drone killing
1: you know mm-hmm. countless
0: people and so it made me really mad it's because it, you you get this hypocritical it's supposed to be rock and roll is supposed to be anti-establishment you yeah. know i was really into like punk rock like music back of day and punk rock used to be completely anti it was even anti rock and totally. roll they thought rock and roll was too you know was too mainstream yeah. and now you have these old school punks like like also doing the same thing where it's like go get yes. your vaccination believe the government or Howard Stern who used to be yeah. the counterculture podcaster now wants Rogan censor too and you're just
1: like what yeah, is it happening. <laughs> it's it's absurd. I mean, the punk rock thing cracks me up. I don't know if this band would technically count, but Rage Against the Machine. they're oh, I, literally, not punk,
0: but they're definitely like that anti-establishment. They're, for they're sure, whole, the
1: name of their band yeah. is like Rage Against the Machine of you know government establishment, all of this stuff. They're requiring people to get the vaccine to go to their concerts. It just – the irony of that really, really strikes That's me. so funny. And the name of this episode is, Is There Ever a Good Reason for Censorship? So this, this is going to get right down to the heart of this entire issue. So Joni Mitchell and Neil Young both have had polio. And polio is something huh. that has been almost eradicated through vaccines, and that's, I think that's awesome. It's, it's a technological advancement that has been really positive. And you know, maybe we, I and some of our listeners will have different opinions on certain vaccines and stuff, but I like to look at each one individually. Is this good for us? Is this not as good for us? What are the risks? What are the, the upsides and downsides? And that's how I tend to view medicine in general. And this polio vaccine has done a lot of good. And a lot of people are saying, well, Joni Mitchell and Neil Younger are doing something that makes a lot of sense because they've both had polio and they understand the importance of vaccines. And I can understand why someone might look at all of this and and walk away with that conclusion if they weren't, you know, questioning the government. They weren't questioning why why are people pushing us so hard to take these these medications. Um, But it's still, at the end of the day, calling for the censorship of others even if you really, really disagree with them, is not the right way, I think, to go about this. And, you know, we've talked about how these people do have the ability to protest and to take their music down, but I find it extremely unnerving when when censorship is the answer rather than, you know, the two of them could have gotten together and brought in some of their, you know, quote, expert friends who love these vaccines and love love the government propaganda on COVID, they could have invited Joe Rogan in and had a, a debate, and it would have been viewed by millions of people, I bet. That would have been really, really impactful, and they may have even won some people over to their side. But when we call for censorship and we call for people we disagree with to just be deplatformed and just shut down, It doesn't even do what what these people want it to do. All it does is generate more attention for people like Joe Rogan, who, you know, he was this MMA announcer. He was he was a comedian. He had kind of this random career. And the more people try to cancel him, the more people find him and start listening (laughs) to him. And it doesn't even do what these people want it to do. So that's kind of my my main point here is that, you know, even if it seems like, hey, There's a good reason for this person to be offended by Joe Rogan being critical of vaccines. Maybe they have benefited from a vaccine in their lifetime, but the answer to being offended should not be to take away someone else's voice. It should be to have a conversation. And I really hope that we can learn that and that we can get back to that as a country because that's what these people in the 60s and 70s wanted. They wanted open, free dialogue and for people to be able to make their own minds up. And I really just hope that we can get back there someday. I think that's
0: a really good point yeah
1: yeah anyway we are going to wrap it up here guys thank you so much for listening and we will as you know be talking about censorship a lot over the next few weeks and episodes so stay posted we have more on this and we will talk to you all again soon talk to you soon
0: you've been listening to the way the world works
1: make sure your family is subscribed and check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content